0: Have you heard of high level games? If you're a content creator looking to make your dream a reality, you need high level games. High level games does layout, editing, and development support such as Kickstarter and more. Even if you're not a creator and just want to enhance your game with exciting new supplements, go to highlevelgames.ca and check out Dark New England for V20. High level games. We want to help you level up your role playing game. Highlevelgames.ca. 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, a retrospective podcast brought to you by UtilityMuffinLabs.com. Welcome to the Dark Ages. Welcome once again to another episode of 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. My name is Nathan. And I'm Bob. And today we are, uh, we're in part two of the Transylvania Chronicles, Son of the Dragon. Um, Just the second part of the crossover chronicle that was, uh, um, you know, I guess it's like the third part of our Transylvania Chronicles, but uh, yeah. So what's going (laughs) on, Bob? How's it going?
1: Not much. How you doing? Pretty um, good. Pretty good. I like to think, I was just telling you, and I'll just repeat here to keep everyone at the same level. I've read this book and it's quintessentially it's a must buy for anybody who's a fan of uh, White Wolf period uh, to know where all the sex come from and what's going on. That's this book. I'm not talking like you bought the guy to the and you bought the guy to the Anarch and so you know the ins and outs. No, you don't. No, you don't. You, you have a vague overview. Mm-hmm. I, I state that. It's a vague overview because you don't know the specific. Like there's a real reason the Anarchs got super pissed. And, you know, for a guy like me. There are so many books I've read that at a point I've even stated on the podcast, they were a bunch of children. It's pissed off. <laughs> right. You can't fit my mind. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Right. When you read what they had to endure and go with, and I mean, we're not even talking about, there's a cool story to this. Let me state that. There's a cool story to run the players through and kind of jump them through, and some Dracula's here and all the other fun stuff. So that's cool. Right. Um, however, I thought even more pointed, and it was so cool to me to read this history and go through to see the seeds as to why all this stuff started popping off. I took deep notes on it. It was more relevant to me than some story. It, right. you know that, you know, that you can put your players through this but, is Go ahead,
0: Sorry. No, I was just going to say, um, I definitely agree with you reading through this. There is a great deal of information. Like I, I agree with you when you say this is a must read. I agree with you in that. Um, and, and also maybe I want to articulate a little bit better. Um, you know, I think we've made it a point on a regular basis, anyone who's listened to more than like five of our podcasts, that we both are kind of like very lukewarm when it comes to modules. And I, I, uh, I think that we gave a very good review to the first Transylvania Chronicle because it was essentially a pretty decent module. Uh, this one has its ups and has its downs. Basically, to me, it's bookended by something I liked reading but didn't think it was particularly a worthwhile module. Um, And the end part, which, again, I was like, I don't really care. The middle part of this, which we'll get to when we're going through the whole book, the middle part of this, to me, was the only thing that I felt like worthwhile for players to necessarily experience but it suffers from something that i think a lot of modules suffer from and a lot of even role playing games video game wise suffer from and that is i don't really feel like the outcome of any of this matters like you, the the things your players do don't necessarily matter the outcome is going to be the same regardless in most cases and that's and,
1: and that's what sorry
0: i was just going to say and and they kind of do this thing in the book where Again, they're they're a little kind of like smart a little kind of like um, where, where they're like, hey, whatever, it's your game. You know, like this is this kind of like little dickish thing that they, they do. And they did it in the first one, too. And honestly, I don't mind it, but I think you need to kind of be clear with your players that, like, you know, before you start, certain things are going to happen regardless of what you do.
1: I know what people are going to say. Well, I'm going to state this. I had read this book before. Um, and I, I by bread, I mean I went through and, and went through the acts, right? Saw mm-hmm. what was going on and participating. I didn't find it anything worthwhile as, an, as a storyteller because I felt that there could be better done. And that was that was just me, but that was for my taste to give me permission to do it. Mm-hmm. It's not that I'm arrogant. It's that I have a different group. I have a troop that plots within plots are a game. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. I tell them the region. I, get, I have to double check what they made to make sure it is not going to snowball someone later on down the road so it's fair across the board. And right. that's, that's the type I had. So they're very advanced. So when I mention uh, a module, they kind of roll their eyes, right? Like, right. sure, so we're not going to make sure. No, nah, BS. They'll find a way. So I never did that. However, um, that, that's how I treated this book. I just read The Axioms Done. My mind was blown to go through here and read the detail, the very beginning and all the extrapolation and what's changed and what's occurred and whatnot. That's relevant.
0: Yeah. Truly. So I, I, I'd love to leave it up to you because a um, uh, brief admission. As much as I think that this is a very important part of the book and uh, a very important uh, font of, of knowledge for the Vampire of the Masquerade world, um, the first like the first twenty pages were the most difficult for me to read through because I did in a lot of ways feel like I was rehashing a lot of information. But I'd love to hear the Bob journey through <laughs> Transylvania if, if you don't mind.
1: I I, I don't mind at all. Um, just, a, just a heads up, basically what Transmina Chronicles 2 is about the political aspects and fallout from what's occurred as you're in full swing of the Anarch Revolt. Like it's all popping off, but this starts off going, what are the changes? And right. in here, it states off the bat, if you remember, Nate had mentioned on uh, a previous podcast about how the Seibenbergen rulers, you're a part of, as, as the players, they bring gifts and awards to you for making the pass, the Tehuda pass back in the day. Right. Remember you listened to old Radu, Radu gave his pitch, hey, please build this castle, you know, we don't know what it could be, the importance, but I just want some discs that are in the ground. Really was the overall, that's right. A brief head nod to the past, but the point is, you were awarded these lands by your sire if you were, you know, a little good nicks and did what you should do.
2: Yeah,
0: you go, you build the first floor, you win the prize.
1: Well, here's the joke, here we are centuries later, and what happens? We're in revolt. The Virgin were the were the seven rulers of these territories in Transylvania. You're you're now one of them, which means you have a bunch of angry anarchs marauding for your soul. Right. Everybody wants to rip you down, and that's where it at. Uh, but let's say that you weren't one of the people who were awarded domains; you're exempt from it, right? No, you're you're an elder at this point. Right. You gotta you gotta figure out what side of the fence you actually are standing on, and it's possible. That you are one of the anarchs marauding about to give those outs.
0: Right. Book. And, and in, in the first, uh, first issue, the first issue, the first um, Chronicles, you know, they, they kind of alluded at the end of it where they're like, you know, if you screwed up, man, your sire is going to be like, let's go drink some more blood, drink some more blood. And they sort of foster that feeling of revolt in you like, eh, eh? do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? So those decisions, there's a lot of different things that can happen. And, your decision as to whether to be sympathetic to the Anarchs or to be sympathetic to this new group of vampires that are emerging, you know, the elders and whatnot, that that's up to you, your relationships, hopefully by now you've fostered. So, you know, all these characters
1: and and you have to, I mean, these, these characters are you keep an eye on them. Right. Right. And it kind of hints that in the book too. Uh, but, to but to get into this, the backdrop is the first territory they go over. Because they go over the Cyberburgen and what the updates are. And I stuck to the hot points, right? right? Relevant things that are that are listed. And one of them is, when we get to the northern domains, they paint the seeds of what the Sabbat actually do. Right? Let's let's not call them Sabbat yet. Let's just call them what they are. They're pissed off Anarchs. However, these Anarchs include Lugash Bloodbreaker, amongst right. many of, of infamous renown in Lombok and whatnot that are up in this area. And this includes Lombok. They're running around... And they're eroding these Zemisi Voivodes. These would, like... Imagine the Zemisi clan just dominating known Transylvania. They're right. everywhere. Their Childers, what have you, they been here for centuries. You know, since the Dacians, they've been kicking rocks here. And now we're, you know, in 1400s and things change. And you have all these angry children who are just banded together in unison, in packs. And these elders thought in arrogance, they never had to worry about it. We know that story somewhat. But what you don't understand is that the Zemisi way of life welcomes this. Right. They're supposed to be this way. We make these children so that they get stronger by rebelling, and if we are weak, they will overtake us. If they are not, we destroy them. What path does this sound like, in a way?
0: <laughs> right. it, so- it sounds like a you know, power and in inner voice type of, type of thing.
1: It can, and then also, I thought, metamorphosis. Yeah, if yeah. you look at it from a land perspective.
0: Oh, definitely, definitely, and and we all know that uh, the metamorphists are definitely a key factor in local politics.
1: And yes, and then I remembered they make, they build black churches. These metamorphists were going around from voivode to voivode. These priests espousing these ways of uh, of change, right. of, of fostering change and doing whatever. They're sowing dissent in their own territory by these beliefs. And when they encounter the Anarchs and they hear the anarchists saying, we're changing what is happening, you had men is going, of course you are. Right. By the way, here's this ritual. What do you mean? You should bind each other. You should become one with what your ideals are and suddenly referring blood bonds and all this cool stuff is happening. It wasn't just gaj running around in some legendary uh, effort to go. I got to the wildflower. Now I bring this to the Sabbat. Like he's the second coming of Christ. Right. It's not what happened. <laughs>
2: right. It's these,
1: these people were out here running into these metamorphoses, learning some things and some of these rituals get spread and people have it which means the anarchs have always had a viniculum right by their statement here they tell you and i never thought of that if what's the point of being an anarch to the modern if you look to the modern they don't mention viniculum ever that's something no. the that about right. does only right however there are anarchs we're, and we're talking if you're thinking this isn't relevant tyler exists still Primogen of Chicago in a book, and Chicago by night all the way up there, right? Right. So that's that's that point blank. She led the entire revolt.
0: You're yeah, told... It basically, she, her her act was the catalyst. It was the spark that blew the keg.
1: And they straight up say, because what she did is the only reason everyone else jumped. Nobody was moving until that happened. Right. And that's because she took out an elder in supreme wrath. Right. Which is how it... And justified so here in the northern domains of Transylvania, they all feel that. You know, they're all like, we're weak do it. We're going to take them down. We just killed two antediluvians. And they're sitting outside just slowly killing Ancilla and hordes of schlocka waiting to go in and kill these elders. And there's nothing any Zimis cares to do about it because this is the way of things. Right. And that's, and that's freakish in a lot of ways. But to the Council of Ashes, the Seibenbergen rulers, they're literally like, oh, they're, 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 they're going to kill us. They're going to take what's ours. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. But here's <laughs> right, right. here's the insidious thing about it all. Did you ever wonder where Hardesty got the idea for the Camarilla?
0: Well, I'm I uh, i do not have an answer for you, Bob. <laughs> I, I did.
1: I did. I sat here going, "Yeah, where did this asshole just dream up this entire thing? Like, is he just dash überventure?" And any right. venture would tell you, "Of course." And eh, wrong again. What it is, the Cyberburgen was was an ideal. That it came about from mortal nobility, right? Right, the taking over of places, the Zecklers, the coming into Hungary, the Arpads pushing for rule. This all created this Council of Ashes was on top of it. They simply said we should create a prince in every territory. United as a council, we'll keep everybody in line. Doesn't that sound like primogen?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, and and they they talk about in here how um, uh, many elders or you know many of the old school vampires kind of laughed at this this uh this Camarilla this concept because that one had failed and to me that was just like oh we learned from their mistakes so now we know what ground rules we have to enforce
1: exactly exactly and that's the that's the mindset he took but uh there in the north not really a hold uh that's establishes where the sabat is kind of power based at mm-hmm. at this point uh then in Klausberg, we remember meet you the bastard right this is the asshole that jumped the players who tried to kill him and in the last book, right, they showed up and he comes up, oh, let me kill you my territory. This guy suffers hard because the Mongols have already come and gone at this point. But when the Mongols came, he was supposed to support his sire, Arnulf. Mm-hmm. Like the the Gengar clan made a decision. The right. Mongols were going to win. Right. Mongols are coming. They're going to win. We're taking over. Down go all the cities. That was the thought. Well, here's, here's Michu who didn't do that. And suddenly these Gengar are running after him. They're gunning for him. <laughs> They want him dead. The reason why it failed is because Michu's out here playing a hero and he should have been a member of the clan. Right. That's, that's a far cry from where he was. And uh, However, what did he do in that territory? Michu made childer after childer after childer. And there's yeah, these packs.
0: Uh, that's a good idea, right?
1: <laughs> Never. <laughs> right? <laughs> because it, this actually was a terrifying thought. Imagine Night Hits and feral packs of Gangrel are battling each other for who's Alpha over this territory of blood right that's that's it that's all they're doing your mortals waiting in town you don't get to be safe you lock the door all you want they're gonna come in rip open the door and feast the winner is after all that hard fight so it doesn't matter but don't worry the zemisi lords have heard you so they randomly embraced bunch of zemis and sent them to go stop the gangrel that's the reward they could live if they could stop them what did that sound like to me to me it sounds like a mass embraced ritual practiced by the sabbat
0: yeah absolutely yeah.
1: We're going to send shock troops to go handle our ordeal. Now, but they're battling night and day, whatever. Nobody cares, and we move on. Only the mortals. The mortals here are just, how did you live, right, is how this is written. I have no idea how they accomplish it, <laughs> right? So, and then this area specifically to the east has uh, Victor, Count Victor Donislav. And he's kind of, he, well, he rules the Donislavs, right? Now, right. what happened is he had this plot that was supposed to see the basic freedom of the of the clan or whatever, and it doesn't matter because the Zemis long knew about it, and they just embrace him as a punishment. Well, now that you're embracing me, she want to overthrow yourself, rule your family, and shut up. <laughs> and I said, like, "All right, well, good, and, and that holds relevance in the, in the later." So, domain of Mediasch. This is noted because Nova Arpad, who in Transylvania remembered the first one, me and they talked about this person gets deposed. Right. And when she gets the post, she's a venture. And when she gets deposed, she's uh, basically tortured and tormented in a basement. And the Zamish just put up somebody else that looks just like her, <laughs> right, 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 acting in her stead and no big deal. And so they could slowly erode everything she has. However, she ends up escaping at this point, and she goes to Seoros. This is the most pivotal point, in my opinion, in in Trim Clan Shamira ventures. This this is the Camarilla's staging point, the first pillar, because when she goes over there. And teams up with Sioris. The Chimera are like, wait a second. You Venture are willing to... Yes, not only that, it's a place at the table. Right. What do you mean? You're a high clan now. Because we, a high clan, are in alliance with you. We see your strength. And Nova Arpad is the one who's mediating all this. She gets there and... Act... This is how badass she is, right? Wounded, gets there, help me. Look what she can gain. All the Venture patricians are like, yes. You will gain our support. They get it and they're able to hold off everybody. Suddenly, Seorus is more than a power, right? There are packs of gargoyles now that are flying over strategic territories to rip apart the hold of Zemesh trying to come to them to take them out. And that's that's pivotal. Um, right. Now you have the venture from the West with more than an established hold. It's a guaranteed hold in these lands because the Tremere had multiple Chantries that they'd right. pieced throughout this area, uh, which is brilliant. And that'll matter all the way up to the Modern, right? They, there's always sort of a... You've said it before, I've thought it too, and I, we just never put a, you know, it just made sense that Tremere and, and the Venture get along, they're kind of similar mindset right. at a point politically. Right. <laughs> this is where it comes from. They, they were each other's strings at a point when they didn't have it.
0: Well, and, and you think about it like this too, right? The Eastern Ventrue, the Eastern Lords, have been fighting against the Zemis for hundreds of years, trying to gain inroads into Transylvania. The Tremere have been sort of isolated in Transylvania for years fighting against the zamis who they, you know, obviously stole their blood for the embrace. And it's like, wait a minute, what are we fighting for? <laughs> we're basically just fighting to smoke this clan. We want to get rid of the zamis And why wouldn't we work together? We have, we have some place. We kind of really don't even need to be there anymore. Now that we're all converting to vampirism, like screw it. Yeah. Why wouldn't we help you? So right. it makes sense. Why wouldn't the venture go, oh, you can, you can bind our enemies ritualistically. You can utilize magics that we've only heard rumor that the Zemis can use. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, so you diabolized solid who they don't exist. <laughs> right. Who's that? How do you, how do you, how do you clear them of their crime more easily than saying, you know, that crime you committed? Well, you didn't commit that because those guys don't actually exist. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And we if you're the Tremere, it. right. If you're the Tremere, why wouldn't you be like, we didn't, we never diabolize a mythical antediluvian because they're mythical. They don't exist. How could we do that? We're just a clan. <laughs> We've <laughs> always who been.
1: Who would know better? The occultists. Right. That's right. right the Tremere. We know myth. Yeah, we, see we
0: wrote it. the book on occult.
1: That's <laughs> a good side eye. <laughs> So, uh, here we go to the domain of uh, Count Radu Bistritz. This was the most important one, if you recall. Radu was the friend of everybody in the beginning. You know, the patron. Uh, right. Yeah, he uh, gets uh, the bitter worm. Because when you dance in the fence so long, eventually both sides tear you down. Right. right? So, you have the western Venturers saying, hey, uh, it's time to pay the kitty. <laughs> you know, it's 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 come. Pick a side. Let's do this. And then you have the Zemis going, we dare you to pick a side. Right. And we dare you to choose them over us. And Radu goes, you know what? I quit. (laughs) And he retreats. Where? To Tehuda Pass. Right. He goes (laughs) to the very place.
0: They they make some distinction here, too, between, uh, this is something that I noticed, between Anarch and Anti-Tribute, right? Yeah. So so there there are just sort of like general Anarch movement, but then there are those who completely have uh, rejected their clan, Uh, and they, you know, they come for the elders of their clan and he happens to be uh, hiding in a castle so that they don't eat him
1: (laughs) with nobody. It's a BC fashion. I have schlotka and I have my children. Oh shit. My children are killing my schlotka. Um, and you all want me to pick a side? Sure. Have it. I'm out. Right. Right. And, And he goes to the past. Now what's interesting about the past is that, well, the Saxons renamed it. It's called the Burkow Pass, or Burkow Castle, excuse me. Mm-hmm. It's considered a lonely castle deteriorating up in the mountains, which I found interesting. Um, you have uh, Viktor Donislav, a good old count, who steps in and, as the tyrant he is, takes over half of Radu's territory. Right. He come and has that ability, just because it's a revenant family, right? During the day they're ruling everything, they could you get out the idea how they can cultivate the mortals to help them in this war. Right. However, crazy, they start renaming these territories, right? Instead of just a territory or calling it that it's the Terra Mara Masului. I can't pronounce it. It's butchered. <laughs> Take a stab Ma-ma-soul- if you like
0: me. Masului. I I don't know either because I don't I'm I'm we can't even pronounce Zemis correctly. I don't know why they would think we'd be able to pronounce this <laughs> stuff correctly. But it's exi- it exists, it's real, it's you know, it's a thing.
1: Yeah. The long and short of it is, is that a large territory, the count takes. And this yeah. is Radu's territory was Radu's territory. But the smaller packs are fighting and vying to rule over their own territory. But what's interesting, I say fighting and vying in the term of to keep what's theirs. They're not trying to conquest, and no one person is standing up to call themselves ruler, which makes this place sort of a neutral area at a point, which I found fascinating. Like, we only warred so much to get them gone. I always wanted that section of the pumpkin fields. I'm going to chill here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, to me, me, I kind of saw it as like um, frontline battlefields in the Anarch Revolt. Uh, you know, just no. there's no strong leadership, no strong rulers. Um, and basically, it's just a bunch of elders either hiding from the Inquisition or hiding from the Anarchs or hiding from the anti-tribute and trying to maintain what little grasp of power that they have. So it's just, just kind of like, it's like gang warfare.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, they throw down the southern cities, right? Mm-hmm. Talk about their domain. And uh, three southern cities were given to... Uh, one of each of the Chronicle players is a reward. They're supposed to. Right. And here, they either went with the whole idea of them being their own prince, and they have their own anarch problems now, or they were sympathetic to the Sabbat ideal. They were pitched once upon a time an initial anarch, or well, anarch ideal, I should say. Yeah. and uh, But they become a staging ground. These areas will be a staging ground for the Sabbat later on if that happens. And right. they mention that because this is where they will just launch strikes against the other territories uh, to remove them. Uh, the uh, domain, oh yeah, and I should point out there, that's where a lot of your chronicle activity, in my opinion, just a recommendation I would do. If I had a prince, who, or excuse me, a player who had a domain, I would let them fight Tooth and Claw to keep it. Yeah. In, yeah. in any way that meant. And that's sure. going to take a lot of your time. Um, then you have the domain of Hermanstadt, which is uh, interesting. If you recall, this is the rivalry. This is where the Nosferatu elder quote-unquote prince, Maruska, had her wolf packs that were coming in. But then you had her direct rival, Marella, the sculptor of wolves, that is the Zimis. And she's taking the wolves, her wolves, Maruska's wolves, and she's sculpting them into these monstrosities to use against her. Right? Sort of a constant battle they're doing at night. What was unique? Yorak decides to summon Maruska to the Cathedral of Flesh. Maruska agrees to go, which is supposed to be a death sentence.
0: For tutelage. (laughs) <laughs> right. Literally,
1: but literally to right. teach her. Right. To bring her up and just, hey, let me show you what you're what you're doing with the animals and make it better. Let me explain to you the glories of the nightmare castle that breathes. You know, right. that's just me. I don't know how that works out. But what's funny, that aside, uh, the, the rest of her are like, what do we do with this domain? And the Easter Adventurer are like, um, step forward, Otto. <laughs> 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 uh, Otto is in charge now. He is the ruler. Enjoy, Otto. Very good, Otto. And then Mariska is chilled, Um or excuse me, Roxandra, who is um, Maruska's chilled, decides that she's going to impersonate Otto and take it instead. Like, gets rid of Otto. <laughs> but that steps up and says, I am Otto now. I'm going to handle this. And then, But then has all these people who are just watching right. every, every single move that is made. And this sort of lends that whole telephone game, the Nosferatu Notorious for it. Why were they watching what was going on? Because in these movements, much has happened. Yorick has never done anything that anyone could ever verify happened. Out of nowhere, he plucks a Nasratu prince. That's a shaking movement. Right. And they had no idea it happened. Then you have Roxandra steps in and says, Otto's gone. We're ruling here. Hey, Nas, we have a city. And you have the Nasratu going, well, we don't really know it's Roxandra. Co- it's Otto. I guess. <laughs> right. This is weird. I don't know what's going on. And then slowly Maruska's spy network is being absorbed right. and taken over. And now they're like, man, there's conspiracy here everywhere. We gotta watch our nets, which makes it unique. And meanwhile, the Sculptor of Wolves is being the Sculptor of Wolves and taking over a massive territory. And uh, that's well and good, but she's threatening. She went from being a rival, because Maruska held her off, to now she's becoming a threat to the right. territory, because why would she stop if her rival is gone? And assumed dead, rightly so, she went to Yorick. And you have uh, yeah.
0: do- you, I would I don't think you'd be uh, you'd be off if you were like, Well, that's the end of that character. But no one anytime I hear about in any of these books a summons to Yorak's cathedral of flesh, I'm like, So this guy, you know, this Yorak, the I, a guy is a loose term. This uh <laughs> this 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 Yorak <laughs> it's just like, I need you. Come here. Uh, you would look good on the wall. Like, come on. That's yeah. <laughs> You don't hear a lot of people coming out being like, "Oh man, I've learned so much. I feel so good. I'm facelift. graduated."
1: Would you like a facelift? <laughs> right. I could do much more than your face.
0: <laughs> Come enjoy so, my my cultivation of of hive-minded uh, whatever.
1: Don't forget yeah. the organ. That when you push a key, the walls scream in chorus. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah but we'll get there because I that's like okay. that's like child's play shit. That's like. You know, I'm an 11th Gen Yeah, I once played an organ, you know. (laughs) Compared to what's in this book.
1: So, you have the uh, Domain of Kronstadt. This is uh, where Sioris and a Gargoyle Pack frequently uh, clash with three Zemisi territories, right? Um, And why this is, and why this is specifically unique to me, uh, one of them will one day be ruled by Vlad the Impaler. Mm -hmm. That's his importance. The other two um, are your typical Zemis Voivodet battle for the for supremacy right and from here is where basically it's it's destiny gets rather interesting really quick actually uh but this is where the uh gargoyles hold off for sioris because this is where it's where it's at they slowly are taking it back uh in the domain of Mobach, not Mayback, like i originally thought i read it <laughs> uh independent peasant communities gather together to form strength because as you can imagine everything's in upheaval right giant revolt Peasants are running. They're like, screw this. I'm not going to sit here and bake bread for a castle of dead people that wake up and eat my family. I'm just leaving. All right. During the day, they're gone. I'm out. Psh. There we go. And uh, strangely, their servants don't run after us anymore because they got to protect it from the Inquisition that's going around and burning everybody with cross and flame. Like, if you look demonic, we're putting you in a pyre. Right. And then we're going to leave a cross hanging in the area that says, hey, step out of line. We burn you. That's more or less what goes on. But here what's cool is that uh, the, the Saxon settlers aren't as bad as they were made out to be. Originally, they just came in and tried to settle a territory is what it looked like. And as they're, uh, they're over here, they're like, okay, we're settled. We're doing good. The Turks are like, good, subjugate them. The Saxons are like, whoa, what's going on? He just went a farm. No, no, subjugate them. We're going to take care of it. And they're like, ah, oh, screw that. And they flee. This is where they come to. And they decide to build these huge wooden walls to surround the city. And they give their tech. It becomes the most defensible Voivodet right. known.
0: Right. It's uh, just uh, like, screw it, man. We'll just build wooden walls and keep everybody out. Keep all the Turks out. Screw them.
1: Which made me laugh. And all these <laughs> territories, you never hear about anybody trying to keep anybody out. Right? And it's weird. Because who's who's putting up walls? Where's the stone fortifications? Right. Where's all this? Uh, and we a, ain't there yet, Jack.
0: Just, uh, you know, maybe, maybe the peasants were lazy. <laughs> they were
1: subjugated. There was fear. This, right. It took the Saxons to come in and go, you do not have any walls. No wonder they come with impunity. But if you have walls, at least we could throw arrows at them.
0: Right. Drop bricks on their heads.
1: Something. And that's what happens. They get a territory they can defend from. Right. And it's awesome. But the Bruja are hip to their jive. I enjoy this. This is where the Bruja clan is singing, in my opinion, is during this revolt. Not because they're the ones leading it and are lighting fires or doing whatever. The Bruja are sitting around and going, what is wrong, my people? What is disturbing you tonight? Ah, oh, well, look how they're treating us. Look what goes on. Hmm. What would you do about that if you could? I'd rip them out. I'd, th- I'd just... Oh, i just get so frustrated. Ah, cultivate that. Mm-hmm. Cultivate it. You feel that? If you don't fight for it, who will? And this is where it comes from. You might think, wasn't that the Bruja was doing it? Hell no. The Bruh is sitting here hearing his frustration and anger, and what are they being reminded of? They once had something right. that was ripped from them. Because they had, they didn't have the people to think like they're trying to get people to think now. Right. If someone comes from what's yours, you should defend it with everything you have. And uh, that's where they're re-upping. Um, the domain of Belgrade is known for many nefarious reasons. And also, one,
0: also, if you're a moron like me, it's not Belgrade. Because um, that's in a totally different country and not, not the same place. Just wanted to put that
1: there. I don't think they're, they're similar.
0: You're safe. <laughs> no. You're yeah, safe. They're yeah, at least Bel- similar. Belgrade is, you know, it's in uh, Romania. <laughs> Belgrade is in Serbia. <laughs> <laughs> so, well,
1: Belgrade. This is a Roman necropolis. Mm-hmm. Is housed here. Is actually here. Known by the Cappadocians. Surviving Cappadocians are actually here. But Dragomir Basarab is also here, and he is a diabolus of the highest order. I just want to point it out. It's a footnote, mm-hmm. right? We're not about what he is about. We're about that you should check him out. Uh, Sioris has some big changes. Number one, Tremere's in torpor. Atreus reigns. Goratrix goes rogue and begins embracing magic to go against good Tremere. And this is my one contention point mm-hmm. in the whole book. Uh huh. It, it needs to be just... Because we've read the last one. Tremere looks at you. And right. he and he unravels your existence, melts your brain, and you're a pile of goo. Right. And then decides you should be rewarded, so you reform. Oh, you're actually alive. Right. And you know,
0: you, you get the high hard one from from fucking Tremere.
1: And Goritrix screamed and he tried to flee, and they like teleport grab him and suck him away to see
2: Right.
1: So how does he go? I'm going rogue, fuck you. Well and yeah, I'm gone now. I, that
0: was so that was my major question too. It was like, wait a minute. When last we left Goratrix was was captured by the Tremere and off to Sioris for judgment. What the hell happened? <laughs> right where's where's that information? It's uh, possible
1: I I missed something, but I doubt it. I don't I, mean, I don't
0: think so because how did we both miss it? Right. Right. My my only guess is that it has to be in some other book somewhere and it's a mystery we don't get to unravel in this story.
1: I really don't think so. I think there's so much going on in this book they hoped it would be overlooked. That you would just take it as carte blanche, like they right. happen, we're good, we we'll move on. And <clears throat> excuse me, you can you can apply inferences, right? Look right. how Tremir ordered Goratrix. Mm-hmm. When Tremere saw Goratrix last time, he said go to France. Right. Everybody's like, what do you mean? Remember the big like? Are you okay, Tremir? Mm-hmm. He should No, no, no. Go. He's good. And then bad shit happened. He's like, who the fuck put him there? And Idris was like, boss, you did. You did, <laughs> right? And he goes, bring his ass home. And he gets home. Maybe it's something when he sees Goratrix.
0: Maybe. But uh, okay. I, I don't feel that it's presented here because I didn't read it. I don't remember reading it. I was really super looking out for it. Um, and, yeah, I don't know.
1: I'm with you. I was uh, a foul taste in my mouth on that. But uh, Mal Grisada is a spy for Gortrix. You know, she recruits Shamir uh, Anti-Tribute uh, to his house by, you know, embracing Magi and kicking him out. Right. Weakening Shamir. How, <sighs> how does how does Etreus not notice this? I don't know. Just, just what she does. She's that damn good.
0: Maybe it has something yeah. to do with solid.
1: And I would think, <laughs> I, I, could, I could give you that, but I would think if you're a mage and, you know, your avatar's destroyed when you're made a vampire and you know this, yep. and you're watching everybody see, you know, I woke up today, there were 12 of us, all of us order of Hermes. Yeah. You know, House Tremere, I guess now, but, uh, you know, we're good casting true magic. Life's good. I woke up today and uh, had a weird dream that someone was sucking on my buddy's neck and he's still around. Just not in this chamber anymore. Oh. man. Yeah, there's six of us now. Weird. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. still here.
0: It's like only six of us showed up for breakfast, but man, twelve of us showed up for dinner. <laughs>
1: man, Nate doesn't eat anymore.
0: It's kind of weird. <laughs> well, he just sits and looks at me and licks his lips.
1: And I asked him. I said, "Hey, do you notice how this is? Uh, the magic's waning in this?" And he was like, "Yeah.
0: Uh, look what I can totally.
1: do. Totally. Right." And I was off. like, "You don't. You can't see it." I, to, I've, I totally could see it with my true magic ability. You know, later on breaking <laughs> right. down, it's stole my magic! You know, it's, it, well, that didn't happen? Nah, we just overlooking. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah. which is more important, uh, immortality or magic? Uh, it turns out maybe immortality. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> and as it is, uh, gargoyles are created in mass now. We know right. that. Right. Um, well, it's, it's undercried. Some people think it's like, ah, it's a handful of gargoyles. Ah, they're guarding some churches. They're, you know, busy doing stuff that... They made a cartoon show about. No. They're literally, <laughs> they're literally cranking them out. Cranking them out to do what they gotta do. Um, but the biggest thing is Camarillas formed. Right? They they get this going. Wait, now wait, form
0: Can I can I can I just mention this one little passage <laughs> here real quick? Okay. So uh uh tremere tremere it's diluvian, during the okay, so they they are starting to move their materials from Transylvania to Vienna, like we, we had mentioned before. Like fuck it, we, you know we're all vampires anyways. Uh, during the move, a clever Ravno's nomad manages to see the slumbering ancient and takes a brand to his own eyes after witnessing the Tremere's rest. Okay, I I see you and burn out my own eyes. Okay, like can we just for a moment like just. Just get a moment of silence for that, Ravnos. And 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 realize that Goratrix couldn't have left unless Tremere wanted him to, or something controlling Tremir wanted him to.
2: Right? Right. Because I see what? you
0: and I burn out my eyeballs. I've seen a lot of people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Never once was I like, oh God, burn out my eyes. I'm just saying. I'm, just, I'm not saying I'm just saying.
1: That is All right, this is a, this is a noted point. <laughs> <laughs> I do agree. Um, Bitch,
2: don't la- sleep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the Camarilla formed. Um, we know a lot of all the reasons to generalize, right? right? But we need to get specific for one reason. During the Santa Fe revolt, it forms because the founders are going around preaching the gospel, right? Right. They're trying to say this is pre-established convention of anything yet. This is just—we get together. We seven elders are like, maybe we should approach these anarchs. Right. They're not calming down, and they say, "Look, we're gonna approach them. We're gonna tell them it's to grant them a chance for the young to achieve domain and territory based on their merit and contributions right. to the territory. You won't get it for free. You won't get it just because you're a chilled. So we're eliminating uh, the progeniture. I can't—I always butcher that word. Basically, the right of inheritance. We're getting rid of that for canines. Just because you're my chilled doesn't grant you this land." It's to whom I feel should best have it, right? And uh, it allows well a sense of fairness to be to be there. Um, but it's important to note that the Spanish word camarilla means to scratch each other's back, right? Right. So it's, it's prestation.
0: It's a bunch of suckers meeting in the secret and a bunch of suckers scratching each other's backs.
1: That's exactly what that is, right? The seven <laughs> yeah. moon. This sounds good. Yeah, yeah real right. good. Yeah. We right. can. We just gotta tell him, "Hey, baby, don't worry. Just for a little while, you're on the street. Daddy gets his bends. It's all but, good."
0: But one of the one of the ideas that they are propagating with this Camarilla is the concept of Elysium, a concept of everyone getting together and not murdering each other upon seeing one another, which is a foreign and concept.
1: It's well, it's foreign to a degree, right? Because in this time, them meaning to be peaceable, not mm-hmm. happening, right? But it was common because of the Zemis, at least in Transylvania. There were places you would meet at a court to do whatever, and one of their things was that that's why it is. Come freely, be safe, leave in peace, but you're never here more than three days or nights. Right. The zamis had a hard rule about freeloading. You go beat your logger for three nights if we say so. But at least be here for three. Gives us time to get sick of you. You know, that's sort of <laughs> right <laughs> that's sort of how they treat it. But that's it's a it's a vague concept. And you're correct. The other lords in other areas, when you met in the Dark Ages, when you meet at a lord's castle, that's the authority. Right. He is. They, if it's not the prince, too bad. No one's going to come here to save you if that lord decides to stake you and leave you out for the sun. So the concept of meeting somewhere in safe is not really heard of. You're right. So the Camarilla also, side note, develops that. Why'd they develop it? Well, because they needed to reach everybody. Right. Right, we need you to come here so we could talk to you as one, and this can go out as one, because look at the Inquisition we can't we we can't just randomly talk in the open anymore right about what goes on cuz then they hunt us
0: we can't openly rule the kine and you know treat them like furniture
1: and that's gone because gortrick fucked it up <laughs> right. want to point that out that he did that he's the one who screwed the pooch on it right that's his bad Tremereford ever said let him go i wonder what nova arped thought about that yeah, <laughs> so you know I mean? asshole screw. Yeah, not Gore tricks. You could belong, but not him. Okay? Right, right. <laughs> he goes away. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so as they're here, many anarchists uh, uh, were going to agree to this plan. They heard what they were saying and liked what they said, and it kind of, kind of put a band aid on the gushing axe wound that was left from, uh, from all this. Why the revolt took place, but didn't quite seal the deal. And in fact, some definitely didn't agree and continued raging hardcore. Right. It didn't just they didn't just form and everybody was like great let's do a convention all right now it's official like we're in that pre stage where it's like still not enough for everybody to be convinced to do it. Well, right. invitation was sent to everybody too, and this is also something that's contested. Why didn't the Sedites join? Why didn't the Giovanni join? Why didn't any of the independents seem to really jump on board? Uh, they were all invited. Everybody was invited, right? And every and most of them re- actually all of them rejected. There, there was no anything, but now nah, thumbs down, you know, later on, there's some trickery and, you know, reforms made. But the point is, why did they? Well, some of them just formed. Right. Right. If you look at the Giovanni, they, they're still they're still digesting.
0: Right. And and that's that's one of those weird situations where the Cappadocians don't give a rat's ass because, they're you know, what do they care? They're not politically They're They spend a lot of time researching death. They don't really right. give a shit. Uh, and the Giovanni are kind of like, we don't want to be involved in anything. That's going to like shine a light onto what we're doing right now. You see how they don't care to join. That's good for us. We're going to kill them and then not join with them.
1: Here's where the second screw comes in. 1458. You know, we met, we're the founders. You should join us. Some of you agree. The rest of you like, we're continuing to burn you. All right. Right. But we'll be united against you. Thumbs up, dude. They leave. 1458, the Inquisition comes out and says, the Malleus Maleficarum will be formed. We now have the witch hammer in here. Be you a witch. We will know you by the signs. Also, we think a witch is a vampire,
2: <laughs> right? right.
1: Understand that a denim, they weren't just like, Hey, if uh fire burns blue, cows are having some weird calf deformities. Right. And if, uh, you know, bird won't rise and you might never witch. They're also going, if Sven is paler than he should be seeing as we live in these weird wood huts subjected to the elements, most times. And during the day, out where he farms all day longer should be, definitely he should have a tan or something or something going on. Actually, we haven't seen Sven in some time, and he is pale as can be. Oh, well, perhaps one of these kind priests should go and talk to him. And to the Inquisition, that's one of the signs. It's in the witch hammer. So these elders go, oh, well, that sucks. Well, here's what we'll do. We'll add to the witch hammer. We're literally going to tell you if they meet in the woods at night, right. in mass, <laughs> right. talking in secret, and they seem to have a glint to their eye, or an unnatural hunger, or there's no food in the fire, nothing to cook, there's no cart that they brought, those are witches meeting to be in league with Satan. Right. You should do something about them. And then these these inquisitors are like, you're right, we should look for the signs. And lo and behold, there's witch hunters who go, there, there they met. And what are they? Right. They're packs of anarchs.
2: Right.
0: Well, and and, their- and 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 they make it a point to to point to to indicate, they go you know uh, we're going to run up to the castle there because the lord of that keep, the lord of that manor, is, is a creepy fuck and people keep dying. Whatever you know, uh, insert evidence here, and those elders are like, ah oh, shit, they're coming for me. Childer, stay and fight while the castle burns, and right. he ducks out the back door. And this is happening over and over and over again, and. That's pissing off more anarchs. But the elders are like, oh my God, we have no recourse. Everywhere we turn, there's witch hunters.
1: Now what's interesting is is at that point in, in Fort when they start doing that, they were still starting to do the the well, what's the term? Honey them. 'em.
0: They're still <laughs> trying to sweeten
1: the deal. Come on in, it's okay, waters fine. Right. And so they're like, We'll try the stick. Carrot doesn't work, eat the inquisition. And they did a nefarious thing. They realized they have they had such a vast territory that the church the church didn't have it. Right, So imagine that when the Inquisition gets there, and this, like Nate said, this Lord's like, ah, oh, there's trouble you have. Because they have to go talk to the Lord as to why they're there. They also have to see the Lord to make sure he's not the source. And as they're talking, kibitzing, and eating dinner, the Lord's like, you know what I was thinking? We should have a missionary put up on Abbey Hill. Why do you call it Abbey Hill? It's is Transylvania. Oh, it's a Latin word you have. I thought it meant a nunnery of a type. It's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Some wholesome women who would love to have some Jesus. And they should—they want to meet in this, this place, right? And the Inquisition's like, oh, are you donating to us? Well, of course I am. I mean, that should help t- stem the tide of darkness. And the Inquisition was like, this is a man of God. Right. That was so generous. Meanwhile, as the manipulation continues, he's, he's crying over the loss of so-and-so and so-and-so. Meanwhile, so-and-so and so-and-so are the three children he made that <laughs> Nate's talking about.
0: Right, right.
1: That's how they get thrown under the bus. Like, oh, they're dead and gone, and I miss them so... And then these guys are like, but their rooms still have stuff in them. Because I couldn't bear to take him down. How do you handle the loss of a son? Right. Oh, we're sorry. And then some dudes like, son of a bitch, the devil is playing this man. We will put this child to rest. You get the idea. Right. It's insidious moves, right?
0: Well, and and then do. so so you have all of these fucking anarchs. Pardon my French, but all of these anarchs who are like, you know what? This is not gonna stand. Like we're not gonna just we're not just gonna lay down and get torched by inquisitors. Let's go. What oh, you're an asimite? Tell us the ways of this diablerie.
1: <laughs> exactly. Let's go man. get them.
0: Right. And so what what the the founders of the Camarilla do, they basically instill themselves as authority figures, right? Calling themselves Justicars. And they're like, you know what we're gonna do? Elders? Anybody that's diabolizing, we're going to give them the harshest punishment possible. We'll show you that our authority spans such a wide area. It doesn't matter. You're a prince. You're an elder of great power. We will punish them for you. And they start laying the smack down, right? Right. Whatever whatever your imagination can summon, that's what they start doing to Anarchs and then killing them. Just and, final death. And
1: do- and don't forget, how do they do it? It's not just Jessica's marauding in a field. It's one Jessica right. with a group of archons. Right. So they learn to pack up.
2: Right. This exactly. Is, this, this, is, <laughs> right. this is
1: literally pack-on-pack pack action Yeah. that we have now. But they're more effective. Why is it? Because they have seven clans who've donated their elders. I should say donate. Seven elders of these clans, right. most vocal, agreed to this process. So it's seven clans of majority influence.
0: And here's the other reason why. Organization. Yeah. Right, right. It's the same problem that oftentimes the Sabbat suffers from. We're we're five different Sabbats. We're five different packs of of marauding anarchs, pissed off, angry, but we don't communicate at all. We, we just we we just happen to have the same goal, which is go over there and fuck up that Elder. Meanwhile, we're Elders who've been planning, who communicate, who sit down and we discuss this is what we do, this is our strategy, this is how we fight, this is where we go. You we all have our territories, right? So right. organization is a son of a bitch. It's very difficult to fight against that organization. And and also they have been observing this crazy thing called the masquerade.
1: We <laughs> I mean, Watch this silence of the blood's important. Right. We're, we're about to find right, out.
2: Right.
1: Uh the uh the incanu a lot of has been said about them in whispers, hushed tones or whatever, but I like how they put this book puts it brass tacks in Kanu are the Romans, Dacians and the Carthaginian survivors. all right, right. so they said, you're too old and you want to be out of it why? Because you survived that that nightmare. It's that simple. you're looking at the whole world of flame and you can either choose to weigh in and be a part of it, which to what yield right what, is, what does that do for you or you're out here just watching and go on. Because you are aware of a jihad. Now, to a lot of the economy, a jihad would be them at this point. Right? People forget that jihad is not some great grand super war of hidden elders you don't understand. You want to dumb it down and call it that. Technically, anybody with a beef against someone else that's going to span a length of time, army versus army, you can call that a jihad of sorts. Right. Right? is how that goes. And that's what they mean. Uh, having beef. Right? <laughs> is more or less what it comes down to. Right. And these, and these are kind of said something. Look what happened to Dominic, right? He comes in, he's hard up and getting revenge, and these Ventrue who did blah, 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 Carthaginian, blah, 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 Prometheans. He's staked and gone. Right. Right? No one knows where he went for a time. And that's it. So these guys are like, nah, we're done. And it's, it's been settled. There's too many children. They start looking at and paying attention to portents. Right. But Ganad was said a lot, yep. right? What happens? The children were raised in army and consumed whatever, and they're doing just that. Right now, they're looking at it. They're looking at prophecy unfold before them. It has to be humbling. Now, let's talk peasants for a second, because this is the coolest part for me in this book. Um, since 1437, the peasants of Transylvania united to overthrow masters of the state. What was going on was some of the most heinous shit I've ever read, considering what this territory has already been through. Basically, the Romanians were 100% positive the supernatural ruled the night. They knew that. No shit. You've been reading a book to this time? They absolutely do. Yeah, the clan
0: that rules there. Hello.
1: However, there are people coming in who don't. Right. Right? So the Zeckler's coming in. Tell them you're full of it. The Turks come through. You're weak. You know, you have so many people who are coming in and just telling them how to live and how to be. And they're just trying to maintain their existence. Well, they get pissed. (laughs) And And they're tired of being stepped on. And they, they rise up. They rise up to handle what goes on. And when they do this revolt, and they go around with pitchforks burning houses, it's getting too close to the houses of the masters. And more than a few vampires were burned to death in this revolt. So much that the Zemis wake up and they're like, I don't know, what to, all of you, stop this. So the nobles go out and they stop it. They stop it brutally. And they're like, everybody meet up. Let's meet. So you have the Romanians, was it the Zeklers, and the Saxons. And they all meet up. And the Saxons, more or less, were peaceable because they, they were settlers. They came in and just, we just wanted to live here. We didn't really want to deal with all this, but we're here. Right. And uh, more or less, as they're sitting there, these rulers come up with different ways to be fair and everything's cool for everyone except the Romanians. All of you will get these cool things except for these guys. We said it. We said they'd get it, so they'd go home, but they're not getting it. In fact, when they went home, uh, the Romanian nobles were extra taxed, right? or excuse me, increased taxes on, on Romanian lands. They made it to where uh, voluntary forced labor was a thing for serfs, and reduced the communes where Romanians could actually own their own land, because this started to happen. You know, they were like, cool, you worked the land so long, this is now your land. But only in this area, keep in mind. And you gotta imagine, for a serf, that had to be everything.
0: Right. They give you the yep. uh they, they tell you they tell you flat out here, you know, uh simply put, the rich became richer and the poor became poorer.
1: Right. Just just shutting it down. Right. Now, you have these rebellious mortals who just lost their mind. Right? Like they were mad in hell and now they're broken. Right? Because even after the revolt, even after they came to here, now they don't have anything and that's that. And that's that's that. And World of Dark to spin to it is the fact that you had vampires who heard them who were there and saw it. And what they had was questions. They couldn't imagine this injustice would happen in any domain where the Lord wanted to keep peace. You know, you want the mortals to be profitable and successful and healthy and hale right. because they're, your, ter- they're your, your food. What is the deal? They couldn't understand how could Europeans reap profits from land sown by Romans. Right. Or, excuse me, Romanians, excuse me. Uh, Romanians settled Transylvania a thousand years ago, yet how could they have less rights and um, less rights and abilities uh, than the Saxes or Zecklers, who just recently acquired right, the land. Right. It's, and, it's, and it's, your,
0: it's your land, but you don't get any of the rights to live there.
1: And then the eldest uh, vampires were the only ones to benefit from it, it seemed. Right. Right? And so what did they do? Indifference. They didn't care what went on. Right. Well, why was this going on? You basically had princes uh, using political power. They used the nobles to obtain political power to subjugate and exploit the the subjects of the land for financial gain.
0: It's it's almost as if like being a dickhead gets revolt. <laughs> yes, it's like well, you know, like reading through this stuff, just the historical reference uh, references made in the book. You know, it, it makes you think of like current times, and it's like when you have when you have rulers that are oppressive, it's almost like as a response to that, people revolt. Like. <laughs> How does that? How does that work, right? But it seems like it keeps happening. It keeps happening. It keeps happening. And it definitely happens throughout kindred times. Because now we can start using that word, right?
1: Yeah, let's
0: that, go, with Cam. Right. Right. That's that's, one, those of those, that's one of those. That's one of those things. Right. Right. Like no, 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 no. Let's not call ourselves children of Cain. No, we're kindred. We're all brothers and sisters. <laughs> that's-
1: Kumbaya, my blood. Right, right. <laughs> then you have, uh, what I like about here is after the Elder response, that's when the revolt really kicks into gear. Because at this point, the Anarchs are done. Right. Because you're, you're, literally, the camera is trying to form. They're trying to get up there. They're trying to get official. They have an idea. I should say they are formed, but they don't quite have this rebellion down. This reignites all over Transylvania.
2: Right. Like,
1: we're just tearing them apart. Because F them. This is now legitimately, the, this is, you're calling us stupid. You couldn't beat us in the field at night, so you're attacking the mortals during the day, using princes to do it. And the, why did you do it? The prince's reasoning: the elders are too strong for me to enforce the sixth tradition, so we just enforce it on the neonates and ancilla. Right. They have to. They have to listen, and we'll kill them, and we'll use them forever. We want that's fair. It's an elder's right. <laughs>
0: UtilityMuffinLabs.com is the source for podcasts like Twenty Five Years of Vampire: The Masquerade, The NerdWords Podcast, and The Playing Hookie Podcast, to name a few. We offer gaming, music, and pop culture content, as well as graphic and audio design, voice talent, and more. Go to UtilityMuffinLabs.com to commission us for your audio needs, digital artwork, and advertising opportunities. UtilityMuffinLabs.com consistently rated adequate. Little bit of, uh, we had a little technical difficulty here, so we're just uh, trying to recuperate.
1: All right, so uh, we last left out talking about the, I don't want to mispronounce it, uh, the Babolna Revolution, uh, which was the revolution of the peasants, as it were, as they were referred to crudely, mm-hmm. uh, and they were done away with, right? Fueled the anarch revolt anew in this area. Um, now, you may be thinking, What's one event that could convince, because at this time, I just want to highlight, is still preaching the gospel to the east. Right? We're, they're, they're not united across Transylvania. It's only an idea that started kind of over here, right, uh, in the west. Um, but they're still resistant for all sorts of reasons. One, based on religion we've been over, right? They're not letting that kind of sink over. Um, the other being the fact that uh, see no reason to convert, right? Just keep that in mind. Their, right. their ways and laws have been fine since the dawn of dawn, and they don't need them. Uh, but one thing that gets a bunch of bickering elders and anarchs revolting and everything to take notice, the Ottoman Empire wipes out Constantinople, right? So 1453, they just come over and take out the one city nobody thought, right? Whether right. you were Western or Eastern, nobody thought it was going to just go away. It was just too much, and when they sacked it, they sacked it. And that threw everybody in turmoil, right? There were folks who were just like, "What the?" They didn't know what to do, and right. so the Camarilla, like the geniuses they are, they come over and they're like, "See, I understand that they're right. over here and they're they're doing they're doing dirt. They took out your city, but uh, you got to understand something. This is uh, this could be avoided. Had we been a unified clan front of elders, we could stop stuff like that from happening. And that's sort of the the grease they're trying to use to get this wheel to roll forward." And then someone says, comes along and goes, you know what? The only reason the Ottomans were able to come over and do that is because the Assamites were with the Turks when the Turks came over, right? That's what occurred. They how far the Turks got, they were able to assess and see what we had. They're eating our elders. They were diabolizing people since Diabri was Diabolry,
0: right? And it's, they made the city that couldn't fall fall,
1: right? And so this is what actually caused the Camarilla to go, oh Assamites. They were scapegoats. Mm-hmm. They right, were scapegoats exactly. to solidify Camarilla power. It was not just, not alone Nasratu discovers Alamut and suddenly the Saracens fall. It wasn't because they, they literally said the Ottoman Empire invaded because the Asamite elders wanted it done. Right? And they're like, look, the right. power of mortal influence. And really it couldn't be farther from the truth. Right? Not that the Asamites could say anything about it. But they also need an example. They need to show what they could do unified. And that was bring a clan low. And so they set their sights on the Asimites at this point to do just that. However, before you think, everybody was like, oh, it makes sense. Way to go. Uh, There is a bunch of people who just said, uh, you're full of it. You're ignoring
2: what's really going on. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. You don't
1: want to pay attention to the fact that after every incident that's gone on, it's been some elder somewhere that's been responsible. Let's not overlook the fact that Mikael was, was ruling Constantinople for a long time, and he's a known open Methuselah. They knew he was there. What rival? He
0: he thought he was an angel.
1: Right. An archangel. Highest of the high. V. Michael. You don't you don't think someone from the East, uh, like, you know, from the Persian Empire decided downcry that loser? Like, kick him right. in the dirt? I mean, there's probably somebody old enough that could have thought of that anyway, but the point is, remember the plan. Booking says it. That when they're going to revolt, they're going to wake up, and when they wake up, they're going to usurp control, they're going to eat all of us. This mm-hmm. really is what got to most of the Anarchs. Right, the fact that we're first, we're made to suffer under some elder's yoke for this long, and, we're not, and we, we take the scraps and we thank them for it. Now once that's done, even if we're good lads, and we do what we're supposed to do lads and lasses, then there's going to be Dash Uber Elder that wakes up and he's going to eat everyone he wants, which is probably going to be us, because we're the majority, and then they're just going to continue on ruling. So not only, do, we're the seed and we're the crop. Right. So what's the point? And so they're like, "We're not going to walk in blindly into the stockyards. This isn't going to happen. We're still rebelling. This is still happening. We're not part of your organization. You know, eat, eat twelve of them, and uh, and move on." Right. Well, side note: the section ethical debates. I was going to skip. Mm-hmm. I really was until I'm asked this question a lot, and I and I just this is just me patting myself on the back unnecessarily. Because most people could figure this out. Humanity, right. where did it come from? Ah, oh, you just start on humanity. You're embracing, you just on humanity. Right? You have it. How come <laughs> right. mortals don't have humanity rating? Right. Why isn't that right. there? um, Folks, because it's a philosophy. Right? It's a way of being. That's what it is. It states plainly in here that roads dominated canine existence. Right? There was there was a road of, of heaven that was as close as you're going to get to that of humanity uh, back in the day. And that's what you had to go on. <laughs> Because mortals are mortals. We know how they be. And uncivilized mortals are still barbaric. Mm. They're still brutal. They still have, like, you know, you know, might makes right and all that jazz. However, with the with the advent of church and morality being what it is and stuff being brought to the future, you started having princes in the Camarilla go, hang on a second. We need to start looking at this uh, this way of humanity as a cultural step forward. We need to be as unto the humans to sort of direct them, to blend with them it still keeps the masquerade intact but it helps us understand who they are and helps us make peace with this right. progression and process and a lot of people were like yeah this is a good idea let's do this and you could see where it's where it's coming forward however there were also those who said you're smoking something <coughs> we're vampires we're not we're not we're going to make a way of being that is alien to us as it would be to humans to be us right it doesn't make sense This is where you see your birth of roads, or excuse me, not roads, but paths. They start getting ironed out now into what they need to be. They're not yet, because the Sabbat is informed yet, to go meet in the temple and do all that jazz. But this is where it comes from. Why it's an important distinction. There are a lot of people who still don't understand what humanity is. Right? Humanity is just what the humans think. And for, for the most part, the book lets you just go with that. It's easier right, to do that. right?
0: Yeah, they give you, you know, your indications like, you know, uh, you shouldn't do this at this level. You shouldn't do that at that level. But really, it is a response of the Camarillas need and necessity, according to their argument, to fit in with human beings. So being as humans is a tool of the masquerade.
2: Right.
1: And because they go with humanity, right? They just just go with the civilization. So to the modern, wrap your brain around it this way. When a a mortal is embraced around humanity because they've already won. That civilized culture is already ingrained in you. And when you're embraced, you now have the tools to throw it off.
0: Right. And this is one of the this is one of the few books I've ever seen that actually like makes a mention of that. Right. You know, players are always like, well, you know, in the dark ages, everybody was on roads and what now suddenly everybody's on humanity. No, it was a movement. It was a social movement uh, to disregard these paths. You know, there's a scene in here later in the book. Where you have Hardestat, who's basically like, I'm, I'm not a human and I rule the human, you know, I'll never be a human. And um, I think it's uh, Raphael de Corazon is like, bitch, you're the reason we're here. Right. Your ass is the reason why we're here because you won't be a human, because you won't pretend, you won't hide from them. We're here. Elders are getting us killed, and this is the new way. This is the new way you help to form. So you better conform to your own ideal or take a walk. And he's like, uh, all right, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, but, but this book is great because it makes a point to talk about those experiences, those changes.
1: Right. And, and those experiences and changes have been talked about so much uh, in the community and otherwise. It's like that, that stuff is in this book and that is cool. However, mm-hmm. that's one of the common things looked at, and the stuff overlooked is, is what brought my focus, right? Um, yeah. The Zemis and the Draculesti-Denesti feud, right? There's an unknown fact. Uh, the Zemis refused Ways and culture, especially the idea of prestation. Specifically, prestation offended them, right? Why did that offend them? Because when you're the ruler of the land, you're the ruler of the land. There is no prestation. I give right. you a little, you taste it. I let you exist on my land, that is your pleasure because I gave it to you. That is how a ruler thinks. They're tyrants. They don't understand past that point. So now you're telling them to distribute the wealth. Give it to people who haven't earned it on the land that you've existed since thought. It's not going to happen.
0: Right, right. What, is, what does Bricktop say? If I throw a scrap to a dog, I don't care how it tastes.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's what is just what it is. And uh, they had their own ways, right? They're rule number one amongst the fiends, the strongest rule. Absolutely. Might is what makes right. You can't contest it. It still exists to this very modern day, right? In the really real world. That is just what happens. When diplomacy fails, it is the might of an army that dictate what is going to be the rest of your life. And that's, that's just how it is. Uh, trial by war. Zemisi favorite. I don't agree with you. You don't agree with me. I send you the shed remains of someone where I officially declare war that we will have until we lose servants. Note how I said that. It's not that you right. die or I die. I mean, that would be nice. However, it's servants that will die. When I have lost enough that I need to sustain my avoid. I go back to where I go, you go back to where you go, and I will have won. Simple. Then we'll decide the debate. Uh, trial by ordeal. We know what this is. They keep it the same way. You mess up right. in their demands, their dements, they will give you something to... Correct it by doing something probably very painful. And in the uh the Vlad Dracul household, it is very inconvenient. Um we'll just put it that way. Right. And now the Zemis were here though, when you think about it, they have a strong argument. Even before it had recorded memory, right? We were talking R and you had the uh the Huns coming in and all that other stuff, they were already here. They were here right. before that, in fact. They were here it out with the Shadow Lords. And the Shadlers don't remember how long ago they were. When they were nothing but barbarian hoarded tribes, the Zemis were still here. Yorak is incalculably old. They don't even attempt to give them. I mean, so think about that. And so in this area, when the Arpeds did come and they brought their civilization and their ways of being, uh, the Zemis subjugated them. When they came in, they simply either killed them or made them Zemis after pitting them against one another to see who the strongest of them was. It was a grand experiment to them when they came in. That's how they saw it. And then the Zamis used the mortal lines of uh, nobility to be breeding stock for Transylvania. They literally bred the nobles of Transylvania to be what they needed them and to strengthen their own hold of the land because they were so intimately tied to it by the idea of being a lord of it. That's why they won't go with the Camarilla. That, that's the whole reason. The Camarilla doesn't do anything of the sort related to that. And uh, one of the other finer points I felt to highlight was Vlad the Dragon, not Vlad the Impaler.
0: Right. Right, his dad.
1: <laughs> right, his daddy. Daddy dragon. Um, he teams up with Durga Sin. This is why. Uh, the family that, uh, the dragon has at this point is, uh, encompasses Terra Romanesca. And on this land, they have this problem. Rampaging vampires are running through terrorizing peasants and eating people. Folks are just getting taken by brigands in the night and he's supposed to help defend it. He did not know what's going on. Well, funny enough, Durga Sin, known Ravno Elder, um steps forward and clues him in why her allies are getting stomped on right during this process. Some of her elder friends are getting killed and the Roma are being destroyed and used and what have you. So she steps in and goes, Hey Vlad, come here. What? I'm a vampire. We exist. Here's what the world of darkness is. Um, now does that help you? And Vlad and Dragon step back and goes, thank you for this wisdom turns around and suddenly you have nightly head takers for vampires overnight, they knew wood, they knew fire. They knew how to keep them at bay. They knew the might of God and how to bring it in. They had, they had priesthoods divine, designed and divined to be these holy warriors to step in and start laying waste to these anarch that came in and routed them. Started straight right. up removing them from their land. This is the rise of the might of Dracula, right? This is where it comes from. And later on, you get to that. But that's the... These are the highlighted points that took a long time to get through, but you need all these points,
0: right? To- this this arguably is the most important part of the book, as far as like what what is happening in the world at this time. Like why why do any of these events that your characters are going to play through? Why do they matter? Right, and it's it's all it's all in here. And like I said, when I first read this, it was a little bit arduous. It was a little bit like. Rereading all of this stuff I had already read hundreds of times, dozens of times in different books, but it's much, it was much more focused and much more uh, highlighting the important and pertinent information to the story here.
1: I sometimes feel that when you have different, it is the truth. When you have different writers work on stuff, they reassess perceptive relevance, right? It's like, okay, as long as we get the gist, they take mm-hmm. over. It did. Who cares the why? When right. down the road, we know why you have people running around in ignorance not understanding why this happened and then can it right. can establish a hold.
0: Right. Also, I don't think that these books were um, necessarily intended to be read one after the other immediately. Like we do, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, cause it's like, like, man, a lot of the stuff I just read. Good point. And so, you know, my brain starts to get, you know, and, and we had, the, I had the same problem with Transylvania Chronicles one, right? I just read Transylvania by night. And it's like, oh, here's a bunch of shit you just read. Oh, great. And then get to Transylvania Chronicles too. But well, here's a bunch of shit you just read. Plus little things that we White Wolf is great for doing this. Here's two sentences of the most important piece of information that your brain just skips over unless you read every single word.
1: These aren't textbooks. That's right, the number one right, problem. Well, right. A textbook follows an outline format. And every time you get a textbook, the format is what it is, and it doesn't change. So you know where to look for the hotbed information. You're raised on it. You're trained on it. Me too. I read it because it was different from the first book. Translapheny Chronicles 1 and 2 and 3 and 4, I thought would all be written the same. I've looked ahead. They start getting it together after this, but mostly... The second one for me is far different than how the first was laid yeah, out.
0: Yeah, I agree with you.
1: You know, the first yeah. was read out like, "Welcome to Transylvania. Let me show you everything. Here are all the cool highlights. Here's the places you want to be. Stuff you want to read. Here's what's going on. Where and check it out." And part two is like, "Welcome to the history of the game you play." Right. And I'm like, "Where's it, the?" I, I,
0: honestly, I, I felt like after after the first chapter here, it was very much like like get ready, boom, 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 things are happening. Right. So rushed in, but yeah. but 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 also. Like I said earlier, I felt that the the most important thing was bookended by two things that I don't really, I don't want to say I don't care about, because I definitely do, but I'm after having read this, I'm, I'm less uh, enthusiastic about the character of Dracula. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, because to me, he seems to be a character that's present for these events, but like, I, I just don't feel that they're like super important outside of him. Right. Like, like uh, that, that's just, that's just me. Maybe my opinion.
1: I, I, don't, I don't disagree, but I think it's, it's, it's meant that way. Here's the, here's the mm-hmm. thing I knew. If you had to tackle Dracula and bring him into the world of darkness, how do you not make him a God figure? Right. With this uber popularity and moron, around, how do you make any other clan more important in clans than me? It's because Dracula's in it. Right. Right. So the way to do that is, is you take edges off the legend. Right. You start removing layers, right? He's still a great guy. Well, he's still a vampire of note.
0: Great, great uh, denoting size.
1: Right. He's, he's still there. you still got to give that head nod, but you don't want to hang your franchise on it, right? Because right. that's that's not what you've done.
0: So well, the you way really I, can't. Right? right. That's not how you wrote the game, and you can't do that.
1: And really, for them to even put, like, a footnote. You had Vlad the Dragon come in, and he's like, oh, vampires are real. He just goes out there and starts handling it. They leave that open-ended for you to tell that war. You to tell mm-hmm. that story and what that looked like. And to me... That's awesome! I would much rather be part of Vlad the Dragon's army, where we were subjugated and hunted as cattle, and he comes around and says, We could stay here and, and, and live in fear of the night, or you could stand forward with me shoulder to shoulder knowing what you face. And I arm you with the cross. And I arm you with the sword. And I arm you with the spear. And you now travel. Not God wills it. You're not establishing that religion. It's establishing the very fact that evil exists, and I arm you to eliminate it to save your people. Everyone listening... Mm-hmm. I already know your answer. Absolutely, I'm in that army. I'm going to make right. that happen. But when you get to Dracula, it's weird. Because it's like he's there, but he turns into this little shit. <laughs> right? right? Like he's out there and he's opposing, and he gets captured, and he does not he goes through all this stuff. Children of Inquisition highlights this background history too. But the most important thing I felt was when he's like, his Lombok interaction. Mm-hmm. Right? That always got to me. And I was and I was always like, oh, I don't know, it kind of loses it a bit, because I, I, guess, I guess I felt the way a lot of people might have felt if you were a fan of Bram Stoker's Dracula. I enjoyed the fact that he was cursed. Right. He was cursed to be what he is. I enjoyed it. It was very very much romanticized that way.
0: Now, I feel like, uh, isn't that kind of how it's alluded to, alluded to in Requiem?
1: Yes. No, Requiem does it a thousand percent the way I enjoy it.
0: Right. Right, and so that's that's an interesting thing for people that don't play Requiem. The legends and lore are completely different. You know, they're done totally, and I, I think in a way, this is going to be one of those uh, one of those statements that some people might not like. But I think in a lot of ways, Requiem kind of does it better. Like yeah. instead of trying to work backwards to fit the games. Uh, mythos. It's kind of like created from the ground up for the first time. So, now, but yeah, not necessarily better, just different. No, you're just correct.
1: You're, you're correct. No, no. Be comfortable with it. It's better. <laughs> no, seriously, I'm going to prove to you how, right? everybody, mm-hmm. we stand in a, in a position of progress. That's our right. whole creation. Mankind has moved forward because of progression. And so, if the World of Darkness first book came out and we were still using that base first book, we'd have ridiculous level 10 to 20 powers. Right, because right, that's the pattern it was going. It was just ridiculous nonsense. It wouldn't be formatted, no slow play, no meat. Just you know, it just would be crazy. However, some artists get hired and brought on board. We see it a little different, and it's a little more tasteful, and then some more artists and the same thing. We stand on the shoulders of giants. It's a, it's, it's a thing of progression. So when the right. idea of Requiem comes about, it goes, huh? There's a way we can give everybody they what they want and still hold them and bring the mystique back. To vampire and to still honor all these clans because we won't have a limit to what clans can step forward. The blood is the life, and we could do that, and we could still we could do a different way. Dracula is cool in this romanticized figure, but we don't really know him, and in Requiem we're gonna highlight that, right? And we're gonna have that out there, you know. And the brides are overlooked, and they bring that in. Bottom line, they do do it better, story-wise, right? And I even do yeah. like the mechanics as well. And then they bring you a whole plethora of other things in Chronicles, so that's. That's that to me. I agree with you. They stand in and do it better. And when we get to reviewing that, it's proofs in the pudding. You'll hear it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anyways, <clears throat> let's not let's not uh, detract too far from uh, what we're talking about here because we're we're starting our quest right. You're you uh, by this point, you've already gone through Transylvania Chronicles one, and you have your your players your characters remaining. Um, hopefully all of them, maybe some new ones, whatever. Um, and, uh, we get, we get an invitation from, from good old Radu, right? And that invitation is, Hey, come on, uh, down to my castle and, uh, your characters, your, your player characters will recognize the castle. Cause it's the one they built <laughs> and, and, and maybe there might be a little bit of saltiness there, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you get to build it, but you don't get to live there.
1: Fair, <laughs> I suppose.
0: Right, right, right. right. Well, and uh, the truth of the matter is, it was never yours. You know, you were commissioned by your elders, by your sires, to build this this pass, and you make the, the journey back to go meet with an old friend. And that old friend is there to talk to you about the Dracula thing, right? <laughs> about the, the, the Vlad Dracul, the Vlad Tepis. Um, who's who's known by a couple of different monikers everybody listening to this should know uh, a half a dozen of them um, but he's known as the impaler or the demon right not the dragon
1: the but what's demon. the what's the problem that radu's having
0: well the problem is um, that well one he lives in the guy's castle and he can't leave the castle because everyone's trying to kill him. Awesome. All the all the uh, anti tribu are hunting him down, trying to find him and smoke him. But basically, the 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 problem is it's the same issue that you were talking about before. the the This family has been educated about vampires. They know how to deal with them, how to dispose of them. And um, Vlad the Impaler has no problem dealing with them. And in fact, he's gone out of his way and killed a number of them, quite a few of them. I think they they mentioned here a few dozen of the Zamis have been killed by easily him.
1: easily. So
0: so the clan is uh uh the, the Zamis clan they're sort of at a crossroads. They're not really sure how to deal with him. Some believe that he should be embraced. Some believe he should be callously murdered. He should be killed just as bad as they've been.
1: And and don't forget he's a Basarab.
2: Right.
0: To right.
1: boot, right? They cultivated this bloodline. It's like they, uh, the, basically their their chickens come home to roost, right? Is that the phrase? I might have bastardized it, uh, but the point is, when I he, think that'll work, <laughs> right? When you you built this revenant line out of these awesome people, descendants of Romans, I believe, uh, Dacians, excuse me, um, and that's awesome, and they're here and they're bred for their their ability on the field. Conquest is in their blood, and and Dracula is that, and he's right. seen as this hope for the Ottoman Empire, right? The Ottoman Empire just sacked Constantinople, are coming in, they're threatening the West and all this other, the East and West, uh, Transylvania. And the only people to oppose the Ottomans right now are Transylvania. They're the only ones to give them a real run for their money. And it's it's costly, and they're trying to see who could be the hope to take it back. And they decide it's going to be this guy, because he could maybe even possibly take Constantinople with enough leadership. And, you know, this man is such a leader, as they call him a tool. Right. Right? But like you just said, they realize that Dracula knows. Knows about them. He's, his eyes are full, are wide open. And so what goes on, the guy's Wily. He's a crafty right. old dragon, and uh, that's that's the problem.
0: Yeah, so he's going to be at this uh, this meeting of many kindred, right? And basically it's a meeting between the Ventru, the uh, Eastern Lords, and the Zemis. And there's going to be various other individuals there, but supposedly... This Vlad fella, this Vlad Tepish is going to be there. And so your sort of uh, your characters are being assigned to go and like retrieve him, to lure him to Radu so Radu can figure out what they're going to do or, you know, they're going to embrace him. So essentially, there's uh, he's been assigned to bring him back home. That's that's his, but he can't leave. He can't go. So he, uh, relying on you, you guys get to go. Your your player Yay! characters get to go. <laughs> yeah, you get to you get to be emissaries and and do the convincing and and you take this travel and you uh you you're traveling to Hermanstad Castle, right? Castle Hermannstad? right? And uh, uh, again, you meet in a dark dank basement somewhere, but it's actually not a dark dank basement. It's a uh, what appears to be like a giant chessboard, Right. Weird. Uh, right. Right. Very weird. But you get to meet, um, you get to meet, uh, uh, Prince Otto and <laughs> the Ventru and Kanu Dominus, which I'd never heard of Dominus before. I don't know if it, like, is he in some other book somewhere?
1: What? Dominus the title?
0: The, no, Dominus the Ventru.
1: Right. It's, it's a title also. It's a Roman title, but that's all right. That's, uh, uh, I've no, I've not heard of him anywhere but this book.
0: Yeah. So he's he's like a thousand year old vampire. And, uh, yeah. So, um, basically, w- what ends up happening in this is, um, it's it's very, I'll, I'll just put it like this it's very, it has a very LARP feel. Most of the scenes <laughs> in this book, and correct me if you think differently, but most of the scenes in this book have a very LARP feel. I don't right? think it's kind of like, it. You're you're in a, you're in a big room now. Your players get to go chat. To me, this just seems like a lot of work as a storyteller.
1: Now, if I could just interject here real quick. Mm-hmm. Remember me telling you there's a similarity between how these chronicles are written and how the Giovanni chronicles are written. Yeah. Now remember what it says: the Giovanni chronicles were written for a live action format. Yeah. That's possible. Right. That's why you're seeing it. It's they're they're following that format at least.
0: Yeah, totally makes sense. Um, and, and I I don't have a problem with it. It's just, for me, as a storyteller, I'm like, oh, this would be great as a LARP. I get 30 people present, and I've got myself a game. Uh, you know, decent little one-shot. Um, but that that will continue throughout the, the course of this book, I think. Um, so, basically, what ends up happening is arguments, um, but it's a lot of politicking. It's a lot of, like, uh, statements not being made. Well, here's one thing that they they make very clear in here is that Dominus, this thousand-year-old ventru. Uh, as soon as you walk in the door, he—he's his presence is just a, a blaze. He's just—he's just got majesty going. He—he—he he, he has no times f- to give fucks. He's just—I'm here. I am powerful, potent elder. Do not fuck with me. Um, and then uh, the Zemis uh, Rustevich, the voivode of voivodes uh does not have the luxury of so much presence he's just a badass by sheer presence of his of his charisma
1: the voivode of Voivodes.
0: right so so he is he is a a fair competition for this thousand year old ventrue just cuz he's like totally awesome <laughs> uh, and so uh you know alliances are drawn and um the, these conversations are had. Of course, these are all things you're going to play w- through with, with your characters. And then we get the the great final, uh, you know, the crescendo of the, of the party. And that's the fucking Anarch show up and ruin everything. They need to. Right. The, right. My favorite part of this, though, is that you have this thousand-year-old ventru, And he's uh, like, something happens. And he sniffs the air. And he's like, y'all are little bitches. I'm not dealing with you kids no more. I'm leaving. Also, the castle's on fire, so see you later. And he leaves, and everybody's like, what? Castle's on fire? Now, this dude smelled the fire from way back, from, from like, the gates, and and was like, peace, I'm out. And Did so, you, <clears throat> go
1: ahead. I, I, I do slowly, it's something different, but keep going. I don't want to <laughs> ruin your role here.
0: No, no, but basically, uh, uh, the at, at some point, your player character's your goal is to convince Dracula to go with you. Um, You know, whether it's because you've supported his efforts in the past or because you're going to the castle. Essentially, your job is get Dracula to go with you, to go back to his own castle so he can talk to Radu.
1: Right, right. And uh, the thing I wanted to point out before we, we move past this, it's, mm-hmm. it's something I forgot. And I glanced at my note on it. The uh, uh Dominus the kind of the part where I was like, Dominus, why is he? Ma-? I I wrote it off almost completely because mm-hmm. um, I hated the way they shame you into playing him. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, he uses Majesty and stands in here and whatever. But they're like, he's the Ancient One. He's the Venturing Kanu walks in. Why is the Venturing Kanu involved in anything? They're not supposed to. But this one is. Okay. All right. Well, now that he is, we're just gonna warn you. In order to play him, you gotta understand that less is more. Right? right, don't actually use any of his hidden disciplines unless right. unless they're absolutely positively necessary. And and when a thousand year old vampire is forced into a situation where he must show off his strength, something's gone very wrong. Right, right. As if to be it, rolling dice is a waste of your time. You don't even bother. Do what you got to do. do. Yeah, what just you make it happen. Do, right, and it's like, well, at this point, your characters are elders.
0: Right, right, right? absolutely, right. Since so, you're not a thousand years old,
1: right. right. You're only it's, but you get my point. They're, they're at least a pack. He's one guy. You know what I mean? There's stuff in here where it says he's here is, is literally the plot hammer.
0: Right. <laughs> ba- yeah, basically. And, and and so the castle gets burned down. It's, it it has a very, when I say like a LARP feel to it, that's how like every LARP. It's here's a big meeting and then something fucking terrible happens at the end and everybody has to leave, right? Right. It's like the gang shows up and machine guns the place and now you have to flee. <laughs> It even happened in the Dark Ages. The Anarchs showed up, lit the building on fire, and now you have to go. But you get the opportunity to help Vlad escape and take him to the, his own castle, right? So that's the long and short of it. So you arrive back at the castle, and you have a conversation with Radu, who seems distracted. He immediately wants to talk to Dracula, but before he does that, he wants to talk to the characters like he Dracula gets to wait to fuck off into the other room while he talks to your characters and basically he's like oh man I, I was gonna make the decision but it seems like Yorak has made it for me and summoned me I'm really surprised he hasn't just like dominated me to and then he does that thing where the elder at right at that precise moment crushes your will and he goes oh there it is there's there's a there's all oh Yorak telling me what I gotta do. So uh, you have to take Dracula to to see Yorak at the the Flesh Cathedral, the Cathedral of Flesh,
1: and that's important.
0: Well, it's important because you you get to go you, you get to go take your your players to the Cathedral of Flesh. Um, this is one of those parts of the book where I was kind of like, oh, well. Th- I'm really entertained by the description. I'm really entertained by the thing that you're entering. But what happens is, um, I don't know. Should we should we mention what happens in here?
1: Oh, please do. I have uh I, I talked Oh, fucking like hour! So I'm literally letting you feel yeah. this, but yeah, absolutely. no, no,
0: no, no problem at all. But so basically, you you take Dracula to the Cathedral of Flesh, and you enter into this Cathedral of Flesh through a hidden cave, and um, you go in here, and it, it's it is every bit the horror you would anticipate it to be, and they do a pretty decent job of describing, you know, the the, the sort of hive mind entity that is this Cathedral of Flesh, and then uh the cathedral b- b- attacks yorak and diabolizes him and puke shits you out why i don't <laughs> <Right>. so <laughs> right.
1: so here's here's their reasons right here's one right. the legion of spirits who serve kapala poisons the earth ravaging mm-hmm. to bring power to its lord and master remember these chronicles are all about a war against kapala right right uh, while fiends must sleep in the soil blah 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 uh, they basically—it's—it's caldonic. It's, it's like uh, they—it gets corrupted. The poor little guy that cathedral loses its mind and rebels against his master. But I ask you, how, in the flaming hell, does a gigantic war ghoul diabolize Yorak? Right, right. right He—they—they right. they don't right. have the ability of his institute. He does. How does flesh hurt someone who can shape it with his mind instantly?
0: Well, and that's—that's that's the other thing that really. Blows my mind is that just the couple pages before, or like maybe not even a couple, like a page before, they show the supreme potence of Yorak's Ospec's ability to reach out across time and space and basically attack uh, Radu, uh, you know, mentally attack him, but somehow he's not capable of understanding the potential danger in his own cathedral. And it somehow attacks him and diabolizes him, um, but they spare you and 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 somehow they spare Dracula as well. So, because I'm at that point, I'm like, why, why? Why even would you? Like, if you're just gonna eat Radu, like fucking eat everybody, you're hungry,
1: right? You know? And that's <laughs> where's the limit, right? Why is why is that suddenly the? Well, because they want a story to tell, right? Right. So they gotta poop you out. They gotta you know we gotta move on. So, right. but what does this say? That there's a roaming cathedral of flesh somewhere, living in. Let me point something out. Yorak created that monstrosity, right? It's completely blood bound to him by all rules and rights. He's a fourth gen entity embraced by the founder himself of a clan that uses the, every bit. He's he's a Kaldun. He's he's a, he's the master of his institute. He's he's every walking nightmare. He's literally a legend un, akin to a god. In the Zemise Klein book. By all rights and things read. Only this story makes him a snack. And you may may think, Bob, somebody's got to have a weakness somewhere. Oh yeah, they do. Uh, Not here. Right? In your own home, you would kind of notice if it was rebelling against you, and you could subjugate it or kill it or simply remove it. Now, that's argument one. I want to tell a good story. And a good story is the fall of a tyrant through the peasants that served him. Right? Everybody loves a good rebellion. And what's this all about, if not rebellion? I'm with you there. I feel the theme. I'm feeling it. Mm-hmm. But what's the reasoning? You don't really give a reasoning why this amalgam has developed a personality and a will.
0: Right. To right. Do. And and also what what happens to it afterwards?
1: And that's the that's the ultimate argument, Nate. I mean, mm-hmm. are you with me on that? Like wait, why isn't it remo- why isn't it breaking the masquerade? I do not care about the masquerade. It's living. Right. It's gotta it's, eat.
0: It, it is a sentient hive mind. What? Yeah, I I mean when when I read this, the only thing that I could think of where I was like, I where it, it makes sense, it's Bobby Yaga's <laughs> Chicken Hut. Huh? <laughs> well, okay. sure. I mean, I suppose that could be, but uh, <laughs> um, no. I mean, the only thing that made sense to me was not that it was it was a, a hive mind given life and attacking its master and diabolizing it. My my, my thought was, well, it's probably just the founder. It's probably just Zamis. Right. Zamis is just using it to to reabsorb one of its childe, right? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't. But also, here's the thing: if you wanted to cut this completely out, like this part, that you could you could, could you could totally do that. It, it, to me, it bears nothing. It doesn't add a single thing to the story. And maybe it's just I'm missing a bigger picture. I'll totally be willing to admit that that's possible. But going forward after this, like, what is it? uh, 40 or 50 years or something like that. um, And then showing up at, at the, the, um, at at thorns, at the convention of thorns. Like to me, I was like, what, what do I care about that? Why why does, why did I need that to be where, you know, where's the horror in that? So that's just my opinion. I just felt like uh, it's cool, but it's not important. Not at all. The,
1: the one thing that I could think of, and it's, and it's how I would run this, right? to run this and run players through it to experience this, it's because it's the greatest act that any vampire has done in terms of uh, bowing out of the masquerade issue and the coming Mm -hmm. Inquisition and the Anarchs that would follow. His supreme aspect gives him an ability to see what's going on in the land, right? He foresees Mm -hmm. the importance of the players. So Dracula is equally important, so he just brings Dracula here, escorted by the players, and when he does it, he orchestrates his own death before them. Now, as they leave, everyone will believe this ancient flesh castle is still there. They may come look for it, still bringing him blood and those looking for loot, thus victims. But Yorak really, really just faked his own death.
0: Right. Here's the thing that we really, uh, we haven't mentioned that people will probably go, oh, well, you didn't talk about this. Um, It it seems as if it has something to do with Dracula's blood. The moment that Yorak pierces his neck and a single droplet of blood Hits the uh, the the cathedral of flesh. It's like Yorak is allergic to that blood, and it's it's designed to show that Dracula has like he's immense importance into the end times, right? Like it's a, it's a sign of Gehenna, like. But it's I'm like I'm kind of like I'm over it. It's kind of snooze festy. I'm like, meh.
1: Like I said, whatever. they had to, they had to dumb it down in part, and then right. still justify that greatness.
0: So let's go to LARP part two. and and that is the convention of thorns um this is the other reason i think this is the main reason why i think anybody should ever even read this and honestly i i would have been more entertained if i just read it as a as like a fiction book but nonetheless this to me makes a great potential for a larp because it's like a five-day convention where all the anarchs have essentially been brought to heel, and now everyone is requested to come to this convention at the the town of Thorns, the small town of Thorns, and give you all the background information there and about this small village called Silchester, and everybody meeting at the Abbey of the Sacred Crown, and basically it's the the Camarilla, the newly formed Camarilla, laying out the the details of this treaty. Right, of of their convention and saying, All right, we're gonna let you in. Everybody's everybody's a part, everybody's a member. You don't have to you don't have to <laughs> sign up, but here's some of the punishments we're gonna levy to you just a so few. that we can right, just a few, just so we can end this war. And it's basically lots and lots of politicking. Lots and lots of of back and forth between clans and and you get to talk to individuals and they talk to you and some of those individuals are are gonna be joining in. Some of these individuals are gonna (laughs) take their their packs and they're gonna leave and they're gonna form a different group. And they're gonna call that group the sabbat. And to me, like this was this was a lot of fun to read. And it's a lot of fun to to catch all the little nuances and you know the the conversations and arguments and debates, and you know just see all the characters as they've as they've come together and laid down the foundations for modern society.
1: And it's a it's a grand old time. Uh-huh. I, I only say that because one of the punishments, my the worst thing about this convention of thorns that it really irritated me, not because it was bad, not writing, mm-hmm. not writing bad. And Bob is a, a fan, a player. Um, if you're an anarch and you're in this room and you went through all this hubbub and you went mm-hmm. through all this warring and all went down, they tell you, okay, here are the laws, here's where this would be, here's your advantages now. <clears throat> to seal this deal, signing your name's not enough.
0: Right. You gotta drink some blood, too.
1: You gotta drink our blood. That's the deal. If you remember, part of the reason this all started was because elders were forcing their children <laughs> and other Ancilla right. working with them <laughs> to drink their blood. Right?
0: Right, right. Absolutely. it's it's like, it's like you're, you're going to, you're all going to, you're just going to do this then. All right. That's cool. That's if that's what you want. I got no problem with that. What the fuck is the name of that movie with the two Irish guys that are assassins?
1: Um, that is the Boondock Saints.
0: Yeah. So did you catch the Boondock Saints moment in this movie or in this, uh, (laughs) I'm sorry, in this section?
1: I, I did not actually.
0: Oh, oh. Well then I'll I'll help you. So there's a section in here and it it really kind of confounded me, stumped me where we get to meet the very first two gun assassin and her name's Tyler. Ah. Tyler's there cuz pistols are are a big thing like the advent of firearms is a big thing here. So on one of the days um Tyler walks in and throws back her hood and and she goes pa ba pa ba with her handguns shooting uh, 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 what's his name? Shooting, uh, um, Hardestat, sorry. And, um, Hardestat, uh, falls and she, for some reason thinks that the guns are going to kill him, you know, cause he's a Ventrue with fortitude. Um, and then he's like, oh God, that hurt and didn't kill him. And, uh, he's like, get her. And I was just like, okay, that's, that's like the dumbest thing I've read in this book.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> not all writings, Golden.
0: No, you know, not everything.
1: I, uh, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, the, the only thing you could say to that is, is that if it's written to a. I. I can only remind you of a LARP we partake of where we had to go to an Elysium where someone thought it would be a cool event if an astomite was dressed as a ninja, and, um, I do mean a ninja. And yeah, then like Drew's a ninja toe, ninja. Ninja Toe and his tortor buddy pulled out some other Ninja Toe, and they were dueling on Elysium. It's two grown men um, choreographed an entire fight scene with swords, and then to
0: some people that would sound really cool.
1: And uh, decided that oh uh, well, yeah, but it's larp though. <laughs> like like there's there's sixty people around that are forced to watch two people go right. through an obvious choreographed routine that uh, they were deciding on the fly who was going to win and laughing. Like so it wasn't like a professional performance. It wasn't even well rehearsed. It was just thrown, right. and you were there, and I was like, great. You two are a hit at SCA events, right? Right. And then it's done. but Because the guy died, if you recall. He died by being cut once. <laughs>
0: right. Right? No poise or nothing. Took a vicious <laughs> right. slash across his chest right. deep
1: enough to kill his vampire heart and roll the right. credits. And we were just like, okay, doesn't stand to any nowhere no, it's just no. like here
0: now to be fair this did come out before the boondock saints so if anything they ripped off this book so i think that that's that's pretty clear but it 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 definitely came off like one how does tyler end up being the primogen of anything in the Camarilla? cuz she's just a problem she's just she is just a problem
1: now see you're ignoring what i pointed out at the beginning Mm-hmm. She is the fire of rebellion, uh-huh. right? She's the reason that all rolls around. You kill her, she becomes a martyr yeah, for the rebellion, right. and then right. it's a much greater problem. Now there's no reason to calm down, and they're right because you'll just kill us in the end, no matter what. So there's mm-hmm. that. So you right. got to deal with the redheaded stepchild. Number two, this convention, these anarchs, these get ga- all this is all the Camarilla ever was was a group of elders mimicking what the anarchs did, right? You got together, so we got together. You're doing it your way; we're doing it better. By the right. way, we got the mortals. Right, that's it. You're just another. Right. You're a different faction. That's all.
0: So, as as much as I feel like Bob and I could probably go on about this section, it is, it's the convention, right? It's the it's the it's the Bruja and the rest of the Anarchs being brought to heel. It's the Asamites being cursed. It's the Sabbat. Go and fuck this, and going to town over and slaughtering the whole town. It is exactly what you've read, but it's exactly what you've read played out. Right, your characters get to have a part, get to participate in this, in the the true solidification of the Camarilla as an entity, right? Or they get to participate in the creation of the Sabbat. They get to go fuck these guys. We're leaving, and we're going to go also whack this town. So to me, this is the most important part of this book. This is the best part of this book. Uh, all, you know, s- silly hitman tactics aside. <laughs> so, uh, and then it moves on, right? Do, do we need to focus any more on that? No. Not at all. So th- th- Then it moves on. It moves on to the other half, the other end of this story, um, which sees everyone going back uh, to Dracula's castle again um, two years later. And, uh, um, meeting with Dracula again, basically. Oh, a joy. It's mm-hmm.
1: all yeah. that could be said.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, and this is another one I felt like was not really something that like I read it. It's great, but it's not, it doesn't seem very important.
1: That pause Nate gave was for me to save it. I can't. All right. <laughs> there's, there's right. nothing to say about it. Like you met right. the biggest thing that could have happened, happened. Right?
0: Yeah. So you you get basically you get summoned again to um by by your old friend uh, what's the Nanasvratu uh builder um Zelios. Zelios? Yep. And he's like, Hey, I need you to go I, I need you to go to another castle and carve some runes in it. And if you do that, I'll give you this piece of jewelry that you once retrieved from uh a gypsy to give back to Nova Arped. And, see, I'll give this to you and a book that I don't know, but you guys should know because you still have that gold plate, right? Do you remember the gold plate? The gold plate yeah. you used to to the, the key, uh, right? You got to translate all the craziness. So awesome! Here's another here's another piece of material to sh- to to get us a little bit closer to Gehenna and what's coming. Um, so you you go to Dracula's castle and Dracula's like, hey, cool, come on in. Um, y'all have a seat and carve some runes and you just hang out for a while we'll be all friends good friends it's awesome it's, you know it's what we do
1: have a seat carve some runes
0: yeah he's he's totally down he has no problem he he, he likes you guys um and then uh so you, you know you go and um the next night or whatever uh one of the servants comes up the stairs so there, there's that's the other thing there's like the this this like long stairway that goes up up to the castle top, up into the mountains, right? Up into the Alps. Yep. And uh, it's just like the one where you just met Zelios. And they're like, characters could make a correlation between that. It's not true. It's just a purely coincidence, but let their imaginations run wild. So, anyways, Servant comes, and he's like, oh man, there's these, these demons down in the village and they're tearing everybody to pieces. And Dracula's like, those motherfuckers. And he sends you down, you know, he, he's like, I'm going to go down there. And, uh, at that time the Sabbat are coming and then the Camera Archon or the Camarilla Justicar and the Archons and Lucida show up and they're fighting bum, 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 big war. And then Dracula routes his, his, uh, his cavalry and they flank the Sabbat and they just start fucking everybody up, right? Killing everybody. And you kind of get the option. Like, how do you want to proceed?
1: And here's the thing. It, it doesn't really matter how you want to proceed. Right. Right. Results right. are going to be what they are. And because right. uh, they, they got a whole supplement of books to support <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> going with this.
0: Also, you know, they give you that. They're like, by the way, it is imperative that Lucita survives. So whatever happens, she gets away. And I'm like, yeah, don't say. Well, how about we just don't put her there? Right. If it's imperative for for her to survive. It's like, they do this shit in these books where where they're like, oh, well, these important characters that, you know, you're friends with, like, we'll just plop them in. They don't really do anything. They don't really have any meaning there. But then again, in this instance, neither do really your characters. So, whatever. Here's A, B, and C that could happen, but basically Dracula's gonna win because he's got dudes on horseback with big-ass spears. And this is the story of how Dracula embraces himself. They give you all that information here, which you can read on your own. That'll be great, fantastic reading.
1: That'll be great, fantastic.
0: <laughs> right. So the only thing that I really give a shit about in here is the letter. Do you have any words to say about the letter? Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: Um, you're talking about the letter that...
0: It's it's in the book. So basically, the, the piece of jewelry is like a... It's like a locket. And you right. can pull the little amber out and you can, you can read what's in the book and read what's in the jewelry. And you read this thing in the Not, book
1: here's here's the thing about me when i read when i read letters of prophecy and things like that i mm-hmm. have to be married to it
2: right
0: you
1: know what <laughs> i mean i gotta really enjoy it uh to have it happen and it didn't make me feel any type of way i'll be honest well
0: that's because it's basically been affirming what you've been saying that Salut is a fuck right that basically he's he's the whole reason the bali exists and he's at fault for killing off of his own children. That's essentially what this says here. Like, it says, Salat is, is the worst, and he is the, the founder of the Bali, which now, is interesting because we basically just read that as well in the Beckett Jihad Diary.
1: Right, but that's, that's exactly what I'm referring to. I didn't feel any type of way. It's because they, <laughs> limped, they limped out of it. Right. That build up the great letter here. I mean, reading the evidence of it, but what they do in the Beckett Jihad Diary? Eh, it could have been written by the Master of Ravens. Yeah,
0: yeah. The Master of Raven's going
1: to
2: wrote it. Right.
1: How don't you decide? Right. You know, it's like uh, epic rap battles of history, except they do it better. <laughs> Who <Right>. won? All right, <laughs> You know, he can. Just... Uh, right,
0: right. And, and then uh, we move on to chapter five, which is just the characters, and it is basically everything that we've been going through. All these characters. In fact, a lot of these characters, they don't have the stats in here. They just have brief information about them that you've already read. And then there's just basically more storytelling stuff, maturation, blue booking, and then you know, the timeline, brief history of Transylvania. Yeah. That's I mean, that's basically it. Unless you had something else that uh really stuck out to you. Not at all, um, man. We've
1: been doing this for a for a two hour stint, man. This stuff is good. Uh, but yeah. uh there's that's and there's still more, more folks. You you can yeah, read there's bits there's there two what more on this.
0: Right, right. There's there's two more Transylvania books that are coming. But, uh, so, w- final thoughts. Let's just give a summary to people what we thought. What did what'd you think of this book, All Things Considered?
1: Well, All Things Considered, I'll tell you one of the things I like are the Canines at Thorns section that they mm-hmm. have in the book in the back that tell you exactly who was at the Thorn, right? Right. Um, the fa- Exactly who the founders are in their clans, the Archons who were there who swore the blood oaths to reference how badass they are. Because um, right. good old Federica de Padua makes a makes a, a scene then he, there again. Then it tells you about the other that were there, as well, aside from that. So it's letting you, letting you know, you know, where Patricia O'Bollingbrook is billed as Brian to Tribune. Shock, surprise, Micah Vikos was there, you know. That stuff's cool, because those are a lot of Easter eggs that people try to look up online and are like, is this true, is this not? Well, this book affirms it. There's right. a right there where you can see it, so I think that's good. Other than that, the beginning of the book explaining the history background, please, please, please focus on that to tell this. Like, if you're doing the Chronicles, and if you know what is going to take place... Find out what your players are into based on the history you give. Like, mm-hmm. I, I would let them read in bullet point format all the hot points of what's going to go on and let them decide where they want to get to. Because the mess with Yorick and Dracula, him, you know, lukewarm at best. Um, there's, there's a lot. This can go north and south. And people's opinions vary. Some want to think it's very cool to play through that. I would yeah. much rather encounter and embrace Dracula at this time. You know, make him the child of Yorick because that makes sense. And he's and he's sitting there doing whatever. But also, then that creepy Lombach Ruthven connection can't be made. And you gotta take that consideration. So whichever flavor you wanna go there story wise, right. let your players dictate the flow of this entirety and use the story here as possible seeds and things you could segue through that might make sense as your players dictate the progress. Right,
0: right. Uh, I, that's, that's kind of my, my way of thinking too. And when, whenever I run, if I do run like a module like this or some sort of chronicle, um, you know, I think everybody's instinct is to try to keep it as, you know, solidified into a single direction as linear as possible. And as a storyteller, when I basically go, okay, here's the world. I just try to step out of the way of the players, right? I want them to explore the world and do whatever they want to do, right? And so I would say for me, yeah, of course you want to hit on, you know, this, does, the, does the convention happen? Does it not happen? But you're going to know that in, at the end of Transylvania Chronicles 1, right? You're going to know if things have happened to make changes and also really ass- like assess the scope of your chronicle. Right, for just sure. because your players take actions doesn't mean everything is in it's, it's changed for all time. You know, maybe the maybe the, the the treaty happens later on. Maybe you know they assemble for that convention two years later, five years later, or maybe they don't at all. But yeah, I would say, um, all things considered, I I truly did enjoy reading this book. There's a lot of things that I would change. For my tastes, one of which is the dialogue. Most of the dialogue in here, as it's written, I find very corny. Uh, I'll, I'll admit, I just I don't think when when characters are monologuing, I'm I'm kind of like oh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it that way at all. Like it just seems too corny to me. But I really enjoyed reading it, you know. And I, I read this book in two days, and I you know it it was enjoyable. I liked it, and but I was also glad when it was over and ready to see where it was going to go next. And to so, be
1: to be hundred percent, like I said, I can't stress enough the, how this book is awesome. Um and some points, just like you said. Uh the one thing I wanna point out though for everybody, <laughs> is that this book is written for mass digestion. It's not it's not meant for me, not meant for Nate, i meant for just you. It's for everybody. To grab and make their own. And I gotta highlight that. And that's not mm-hmm. a not an excuse for writers, it's that's the hardest part. That's the hardest part about writing a book is that you're trying to make it so everybody can enjoy it. Right, right. And so that's why you have sides that love it, sides that hate it. And keep that in mind.
0: And and also, I mean, very distinctly, it's great to have flavor and fiction for your game. But if you can't play your game through it, what is the point of it? Right? Right. Like, you have to take the history that you've created, and you have to try to make it into a game. Right? Give your players the opportunity to play through the formation of these major sects, of these... um these mysterious signs of Gehenna uh, and give them that opportunity. So I say in that regard, I think that they've done as good a job as they can and still keep it a module. So I think so far doing real well, Uh, you know, that's just my opinion. So anyways, uh, Bob and I thank you immensely for listening. And uh, we will be back next week with Transylvania Chronicles three, which I truly I've never cracked. I don't know a thing about, I'm going to be reading it all for the very first time, so I'm looking forward to it. Just like with this one, I had no I had no expectations before this one. I didn't know it was involved, so cool. All right, all right. thank you, Bob. As always, well, it has been a pleasure
1: for me as well, my friend.
0: And uh, we will talk to all of you next week. Thank you for listening. Yep. Yeah. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. If you like our podcast and you'd like to help support our show, consider backing us at patreon.com forward slash 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. We offer reward tiers of additional Patreon-only podcasts, t-shirts, and personalized gaming experiences. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and go to our website, utilitymuffinlabs.com for links to all of our social media, additional podcasts, and more. If you'd like to chat with us, submit a title for review, promote your gaming-related stuff, or anything else you can think of, email me at Nathan at UtilityMuffinLabs.com. Utility Muffin Labs, consistently Rated adequate.